It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, January 13th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that can't believe we're halfway there, Russ. Yeah, it's hard to believe. It really is. I thought you were going to say living on a prayer, but we will be getting to I don't live in Bon Jovi's world. I don't. (laughs) We're going to get to our mid-season report, and it's Friday the 13th, so we'll have some hockey superstitions to talk about all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with Russ Cohen, who clearly has bad taste in music. He's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Lockdown Flyers. That's where you'll keep up to date on our episodes and Flyers news. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at Gmail. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. Subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And we're over on YouTube as well. So subscribe and watch us there. Russ, uh, all jokes aside about your musical taste. Your musical taste. I mean, I did see Bon Jovi twice. I just won't see him without Richie. Like, that's the way it is. Uh, That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Yeah, I'm a little hesitant even to this day to see Bruce Springsteen, you know, without Clarence. So I get it. We have some uh, fun gossipy stuff to get to before our mid-season report. Uh, We had the uh, scandal of the iPads Mm -hmm. being taken away on the bench for the Flyers. And I think it's kind of hilarious because in some ways I do understand where Torts is coming from. You know, if he wants to, you know, keep people focused on the next shift, that actually makes a lot of sense. But there are players that use, you know, play review pretty effectively to help improve their game. And so I I just think it's funny that and the reaction to it is funny in terms of, you know, taking the toys away or having to go to timeout and stuff like that. I mean, some of the best scorers in the league utilize it. Uh, If he wants to be the one oddball, that's great. But I, I don't think it's a positive uh, guys, all he has to say is, hey, listen, you've got the iPads, but make sure you're con- talking to each other, too. That's all he has to do. He doesn't have to take them yeah. away. I mean, taking them away yep. is taking away a tool. It makes no sense. Yeah, I know. It is really weird. And, you know, sometimes guys see that and then can talk to their line mates. Yeah. Right. And yeah. and it, it, it just helps them. So I don't know. It's a whole lot of nothing, but it's always fun to talk about when Torts does something. Yes like that um just a few phantoms related things and we usually talk about that on tuesday but these were kind of important enough i thought to to bring it up now uh cam york and tyson forster were named to the ahl all-star game and obviously cam york isn't gonna go because he's no. with the flyers but it'll be nice for tyson forster i mean ollie Lixel having a nice year he couldn't be an all-star I don't know. Maybe he was up with the Flyers when they had to do the vote. Maybe. Or or, or name them. I don't know either. But yeah, I would have put Ali Lixel on that list as well. Yeah. But no, it's good. I'm happy for Forrester and, you know, Cam. It's nice to at least have it on, you know, the resume. 
Zade Wisdom was lent to the Royals for a little bit. We talked about him being scratched from the Phantoms, and he spent a little bit of time in Reading, and hopefully that will help him and kind of get back on his feet. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to help him. I know old school-wise, yeah, we'll put him down there. He'll work hard. He'll work his way up. I mean, generally, if you're sending someone to the ECHL, like, I don't know, there's somebody. There used to be a Flyers prospect. Oh, Mason Millman. Uh, I'm kidding, right? Because like he's just totally out of sight, out of mind. You don't want that to right. happen to Zade Wisdom. That's my basic point. Uh, if if he's having that bad of a time and you're going to just put him into you know, the ECHL for the rest of the year, fine. But I don't think he's the kind of prospect mm-hmm. you want to do that to. I think you want to get him to work it out and, fi- and fix it at the AHL level since he's kind of proven he could play at that level. So this move I, I don't endorse. You know, it is kind of you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't in terms of getting him ice time, because if he was getting boxed out of ice time from the Phantoms, well, there's a reason for that. They don't have to box him out of ice time. They can continue to work with him on his develop and give him just a little less ice time. I mean, it's it's how you want to do it. So we'll keep an eye on that. And then Max Willman uh, scored a 180-foot goal the other night, which was pretty funny. Um, You know, he just kind of it was meant to be a clear. It was not meant to go in, and the goalie at the other end just kind of biffed it, and it, it went off him into the net. Yeah, so just kind of as an example. So Max Willman keeps playing. He's not scoring a boatload of points. Zade Wisden is a guy who you drafted for the future. You've, you're planning on him being a, a factor, but Max Willman's going to get the playing time instead, who may not even be a flyer next year or a phantom or anything. Yeah, I think they're keeping him up with the Phantoms because they know he's a call-up option and they don't have any other choice. But, you know, it's it's still very debatable from a player development perspective, which I, I totally understand that. Uh, turning to the Flyers, we are halfway through the season, 17-8-7 with 41 points. They're seventh in the Metro. But, you know, as we've been talking about, their last little stretch has been pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're 7-3 and three in their last 10, six wins out of the last seven. Um, you know, I, I think that it, we are at an interesting crossroads with this team right now. Um, you know, stat-wise, I think it, it's just horrible because everything from, you know, the first quarter to a third of the season was pretty bad overall numbers-wise, and that's kind of weighing them down a lot. You look at some of their more recent numbers, it looks a, a lot better. You mm-hmm. know, October, November, they had the least number of goals per game in the NHL at 2.43. It, it was just dreadful, as we recall. But December, January, 3.32 goals per game, and that's 13th significant improvement there and special teams the power play is the power play right <laughs> that has not improved it's but awful the penalty, like it's just the awful. penalty kill has and yes. so you know this team is a real mixed bag right now and it's been really frustrating for a lot of fans i think who really wanted to tank for bedard but i think are slowly coming around to the fact that that's just not gonna happen yeah i'm just gonna throw it out there they've passed the point of no return for that they've already won too much for that like they'll have that five, four, you know, somewhere between a 1% and like 6% chance maybe uh, at the end of the year. But, you know, because they'll drop probably some games when, you know, they trade some guys at the deadline. But at the end of the day, this is, you know, when you have a coach that wants to win and they do have a little bit too much talent for a team that's going to come in like 
the worst or the second worst in, in the league, that's what you have to, you know, deal with. Yeah, I mean, right now they're ninth on Tankathon. They were eighth before the Caps game, so they went down a spot, a 5% chance of the first overall pick as of recording. So, you know, they're they're slowly getting a little better, and that percentage is dropping a little bit. But at the same time, there's a lot of good that ha- has come from that. And so kind of overall, like, do you think they're better or worse off than we thought at the beginning of the season? No, I think they're right around where we thought they'd be because, again, we kept citing that that first Columbus year where they were like NHL 500 and they're going to be right around that for this year. So I think it's they're heading the same path. So it's just like I said, that's just just a dangerous place to be. But I, that's sort of where we expected them to be. Yeah, that, you know, Tortorella would come in and there would be some structure and systems put in place that would get them more wins than they would have otherwise, Mm -hmm. that he's a guy who could get more wins out of a team like this than most could. And whether that'll burn out fast or not remains to be seen. But at, at the same time, yeah, they're exactly, I think where we thought they would be at at this point in the season. It's just the road to get here may have been a little different. Yes, I think that's for, true. For me, I, I would have thought that it would have been more stable, that we would have just gotten wins here and there pretty consistently. But this team had like a real bad streak and then has had a, a pretty solid streak for a little bit. So it's a little bit more roller coastery, I would say. Mm-hmm for me than I would have expected. But other than that, the end result is the same. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. So in terms of the Tortorella experience, uh, we are going to get more into that and we're going to talk about players and so much more about the Flyers mid-season review coming up next. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? then you got to try a built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise the taste, then, man, I've got just the thing for you. you got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty, perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And what's even better is that they're healthy. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them all at local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Make sure you check out Locked On NHL Prospects. It's your daily show covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft. Plus, they've got rankings and prospect comparisons for every team available wherever you get your podcasts. Russ, I think the John Tortorella experience has also been pretty much as promised. I would say there hasn't really been a ton of surprises there. We thought, you know, he would inject his personality into things. He's been a little contentious with the media. Um, He has implemented a pretty strong defensive system and, you know, is keeping it simple, which is you know exactly what he said at the beginning of the season. 
Um, and I think he's pretty much increased the win rate at the the rate we expected. Like I said, I think the season's gone a little differently, but the number of wins is probably about what we would have said at, at halfway. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think um, where it's changed courses, um, he was forced to use uh, a fair amount of young guys early, but I think now... Again, it's a little disingenuous to talk about that under 23 when they have a lot of veterans in this lineup. Like, you know, again, they pointed out how young the Sabres are. So it's not like, you know, the Flyers are parsing words and saying things like, you know, if you're 21, if your team is 21, you have a lot of those young guys, you're in much better shape than if you're 23 and you have those guys. Like, that's just the way it is in the prospect world. That doesn't mean you can't be really good at 23. What that means is, this list was able to include Konechny and it was able to include guys like that to kind of push it their way. But again, I don't think they're fooling anybody with it. Yeah. I mean, I do think that he had to do kind of a, a hard turn once the injuries presented themselves, right? Yes. Where, Oh, we don't have Sean Couturier. Ryan Ellis is a definite no, which he probably had in the back of his head to but Cam Atkinson, he didn't expect. But Cam Ak no, that was a huge, huge change from what he was expecting. And I think it took him a, a little bit to recover from that and change his game plan. And and so maybe that accounted for some of the lull uh, in the, not when we had the first few games where they were winning, but then when things started to go south, I think it was really, you know, coming to the conclusion that, yeah, we got to do something a little different here because it's not going to be what I thought it was. And to his credit, I think, you know, it took him a little bit to get there, but I think he has handled that well, uh, you know, as well as can be expected, mm -hmm. given the personnel that were available. I mean, I was looking at some lines from November and, you, you know, you had Zach McEwen on the second line for a little bit there. Remember those days? I mean, oh, yeah. It's been kind of a wild ride in terms of the lines and the personnel. And to get to the point where we are now, I think it, you know, is to his credit. Well, but to his detriment. And again, there is a, you know, when on these proposed lines, when you do have Hayes as your number one, Frost as your number two, and Cates as your number three, and Lisinski, who I did kind of like as that other one um, at the time, that that is a better center group than what you have now. Much, much better. And he did nothing to help Kevin Hayes stay in that center position. He just moved him out. And those were your four centers for game one against the New yeah. Jersey Devils. And it's a better comparison. center group than what you have now. And actually, the fact that he's never tried to put Kevin Hayes back at center has been really a, a fault of the team. Like It's just, it, it made the team weaker. I, I think so in the long run. Although... I don't know how much of Kevin Hayes's play or and lack of effort is due to the fact that he's not playing center. Uh, is it, you know, it, it, would it be much better if he? I was think at it would be better. Right I think I think it would be more spirited. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, as we've heard it, with other teams, there was definitely times where he would kind of, you know. You don't want to say sulk, but but be down, and you saw that he was down for a, a little while. Um, playing the wing, so you know he's he's yeah. settled. He 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 started off hot, and then he and then he was a little bit down uh, when he got moved, and then you know he's been doing okay. But I think he does play with more pep in his step when he's a center, and the coach has never tried to return him there. 
Yeah, I mean, that could definitely be a part of it. I, I can certainly understand where that's not the kind of season that he was expecting for himself. And I think especially not having Sean Couturier mm -hmm. there, I don't think he would ever be the guy that could be a 1C. And that's just not within him to carry a team in that way. And I think that's partially why he kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit. And and I think that in some ways Tortorella putting him to wing is a punishment. And in some ways it maybe Torts thought it was his way out and his way back up. And maybe he just got locked into these lines because they've been more successful as of late. No, but it wasn't a help to Morgan Frost. And that's why Frost took such a long time to come around this year because he had to play one C at times. And the, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're telling me Kevin Hayes can't play one C I'd have told you at the beginning, there's no way Morgan Frost could. And yet he, you know, Cates was thrust into it. He was thrust into it. Like, so, you know, development wise, there's been a lot of hiccups. Yes. Oh, I would hundred percent agree with that and you know I, I think at the end we've seen that improvement from frost we've seen mm -hmm. that solid play from kate's but yeah it took a while to get there and that's why we have those two solid lines at the top right now that are playing really well i think it's mm -hmm. honestly just the third line that is a bit of a hodgepodge that isn't quite working out right now yeah no question i mean the third line is really up in the air so in, in terms of individual performances, I mean, obviously, Travis Konechny is the story of the season mm -hmm. right now um, in terms of, you know, his scoring, his confidence. He's a team leader. Like, I just think he's in a, a tremendous position right now. Um, and it, it's a little bit of a surprise. And we've talked about this a little that we weren't sure how he was going to mesh with Tortorella. And, you know, was he going to be able to recover from the poor seasons he had the last couple of years? And the answer is yes, but that wasn't a guarantee. Right. It wasn't. Um, you know, like you would, like we've said all year, Travis Konechny, I think, had to look inside of himself, which he did. I think he got mad at the media which is fine because we did point out, hey, you didn't have a good year last year. He just didn't. There were a lot of things he couldn't do well. And now he's sort of back on that same um, rise in development that he was on before. So that's great. It's great to see him back there. And, and he's certainly having a career year, and, and that's good. You know, Owen Tippett is doing well. I think Cates is doing better. It's not always about goal scoring. I think, yeah, Tippett's scoring goals the way he should – and I think he's, you know, pretty much on track for, you know, what I think he can do. Maybe he's a little ahead of it right this moment. But uh, Cates has just all around been more valuable. He's he's actually been the most valuable of the young players. Uh, I don't count Konechny anymore as the young player. I'm, you know, taking him out of that. I don't care statistically where he's at. He's he's right. a veteran. He's a teenager. He's not yeah. one of the young kids. He's right. a teenager. Right. And so, you know, I, I think Cates has been the best because Cates has literally excelled at everything they've asked him to do, and he's put up some points. Sure, the points have been few and far between, but the play away from the puck and the face-offs and the just smart play has been a, a tremendous, great all year. And then Frost, you know, lately has really lived up to it. So, you know, that I'm happy to see. I think Sandheim has shown some incremental improvement. I still think there's things he has to still work on in his game, but – incrementally it's better and i think like you know even ristolainen 
has leveled out where he's fine and doesn't really, I don't see anything bad about him. Have I seen anything great? No, but at least sometimes that's, that's good for a defenseman, you know, otherwise, yeah, Cam York has, has picked it up lately and, and that's really good too. So I think, you know, you, you've had some development here. I think some of it did get slowed because of the way the, the coach was sort of using everybody. And then now you just kind of hope nobody slips. Nobody slips back because last year guys did slip after a while. Yeah, I think the Flyers have definitely done better from a development perspective on the forward side of things than on the D side. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, Zamula kind of got hosed a little bit in terms of opportunities to really spend, you know, quality time with the Flyers. I do think they've done the right thing with York, and I agree with everything you've said. I think that's sort of, sort of the bright spot, but he's not a standout yet, right? No. He's, he's working his way there. I think, you know, D'Angelo has run into problems. That's not a player development issue per se. That's a usage problem, right? Like he is what he is. I'm not even yeah. sure. He he's no better. He might be a little worse offensively, but he is what he is. So I don't even. I just took him out of the conversation, really. Yeah, he's just a new face this year, right? Relative yes. to last year, so um, just have to mention him. And I, so I I do think that the Flyers could use some jump on the on the D side of, of things. And I'm not sure if there's a different mix or it's getting Zamula up here. And I know you're on a quest to see Nick Sealer go away. But um, I think, you know, you're right. In terms of player development, Nick Sealer should not be around. In terms of a third pairing D that's serviceable, he's fine. It's so, the same as the whole Flyers fourth line. They're all veterans. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I wish Tanner Lazinski did not get hurt. That's Me one too. of the one of the things that has been more upsetting, actually, than than a lot of things. I mean, obviously, you know, and, Sean Couturier is the biggest issue, but um. yeah, and Sam Urson's been really good. So that's something where we can't really give a total grade on him yet. He hasn't right. played enough, but in the early going here, really good. Uh, the only thing I'll say about Couturier is I'm really doubting whether we see him for more than a couple of games this year, honestly. Well, uh, we will wrap up the midseason report with maybe some goals or predictions for the rest of the season. And it's Friday the 13th. So we are going to talk about some hockey superstitions coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Football, basketball, soccer, esports, and of course, the NHL. We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like ours, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Russ, uh, it's really fascinating to me because of where we are at this specific moment with the Flyers, with their, you know, win streak that they've put on recently. And, you know, the confidence is building. Like you said, there's been some good development with some of the younger players, especially on the forward side. Where do we go from here for the rest of this season? Because I think that you don't want them to plateau too badly. You want to see them continue to progress. But is this the best that this team can do right now? Like, I have concerns about that. 
Well, I mean, they're not going to stay on this run, so I think they're almost plateaued as far as that goes. But I think there could still be ups and downs, and you know, you could have a few more ups, and still you're probably not going to be much over 500 or just that 500. But I also think, depending on how those games go, uh, you might feel better about things. Uh, again, I think they could infuse youth on the fourth line. I think they could infuse youth on the decor. Like I said, pull out sealer. Uh, so I feel like there is more opportunity that could happen with the young players. And I'm kind of interesting to see when the coach is going to decide that that is appropriate because he could do it right now. Like there's nothing stopping him. Like again, Patrick Brown, like there's nothing holding Patrick Brown there. I don't care what his family relations were as far as with Chuck and you know, everybody, you know, I don't care about any of that. I care about getting more kids into the lineup somehow and getting them to develop because at the end of the year, if Torts, you know, puffs his chest out because the Flyers are at 500, but we didn't, the team didn't develop enough players, you still didn't do what you needed to do. And I feel like there's more players that need to develop here and are not getting the chance and need to get the chance. So maybe at the trading deadline, that'll happen. Right. You know, that's, my that's the easy answer. That's the easy answer, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen. I have almost no faith that. Chuck Fletcher's not going to try and make a hockey trade. I know people are like, we don't need a hockey trade. It doesn't mean he's not going to do it. So, and if he does a hockey trade, he's putting another, you know, veteran in the lineup. The only veteran that I said I would be okay with in the lineup is Anisimov because he might, you might be looking for him past this year if he does really well. Where Patrick Brown, like I was even surprised he got invited back, but whatever. Like next year, you shouldn't have Patrick Brown on your team. Yeah, I would guess that's the case with all these guys on one-year deals. I think we're going to see a lot fewer of them going into next season. And oh, Nick Sula will be around. I mean, I, well, I he's got he a two-year deal, but yeah, he'll even be or he'll be around the entire time that Torts is here. That's a guarantee. Whether he'll play as much, that's another story. But he's here to stay. Yeah, I do see the Flyers. You know, if Chuck Fletcher's around or who's ever dealing with trade deadline. Uh, I think that we'll see some younger players come up around that time and hopefully they can make some deals slightly before the trade deadline, get a few more games in for some of the guys that are doing well in Lehigh Valley and uh, really get a chance to know what we have at the end of this season to really set us up in a good spot to make a step forward next season. And that's, I think, what we can hope for this season. Yes. The, the one thing I'll finish this out on from my thought is John Tortorella is not against playing some young guys and see how they do. But the thing is, he's still not full throttle. Let's get these guys developed for the future. He, he's not. I don't know about that. I think he's he's doing it in his own way, which may not be the way that you would want. But I, I do think he's thinking along those lines. I want to wrap things up today with talking about some hockey superstitions for Friday the 13th. And I was thinking about it just because uh, yesterday uh, before we recorded the show, I mentioned to Russ that I was scared to take notes about the Flyers doing good things because they were going to blow the game, right? So (laughs) I think I have some superstitions, even though I know that me typing on my computer has nothing to do with the outcome of the game. I know that. Uh, It's very silly. But at the same time, I did that. And hockey is just one of those sports that kind of encourages very 
weird, uh, superstitious behavior, things like, you know, you don't step on the logo, you don't touch certain trophies, uh, the way you tape your stick and all that stuff. And um, it was also, you know, brought to mind because of Connor McDavid and that sock he wears in, in that photo that was going around. But uh, what's your take, Russ, on hockey versus other sports in terms of being superstitious? I think they're they're up there. Baseball's got quite a few. I think hockey's right up with baseball. I think those are the top two. Uh, I can remember Yarmir Yager talking to the equipment guy saying, listen, I'll deal with the sticks. He doesn't like anybody touching his sticks. I don't know why. I don't know if he talks, if he sweet talks them. I don't know what he does with them, but he didn't like anybody else touching his sticks. Uh, Marty Baron, like it was so weird the way he always had this plastic tape. Uh, he always had to take it off right when we we're trying to talk to him. And that's the way he did it every single time. It seemed to take the same amount of time. It wouldn't shock me if he put the same amount on and the same took the same amount off every single game. That's just the way it worked. It's like, it's almost like, is it OCD? Is it, you know, superstition? It's a little bit of both. And I think there's a lot of it in the hockey world. There really is. Uh, I remember Brendan Shanahan wore his pads from his junior hockey days, which was just ridiculous. He could get all the free pads in the world, but he wanted to. Oh, Javi Bullen had ones that were peeling. Yeah. They, they were, yeah. He finally changed them at one point, but yeah. Yeah, and uh, even on the Flyers, uh, Pelly Lindbergh had the same T-shirt he wore underneath his equipment every game, and they would sew it up every time it got another hole in it. It was absolutely insane. I can't imagine how bad it smelled after a certain Yeah, I mean, point. yeah. I don't want to think about it. Uh, is there anything else that's like really stands out to you from superstition perspective? No, I, I, I mean, the only other thing that I think has become league wide is if a goalie gets scored on, they instantly take a drink. There's no way you could tell me that every goalie that gets scored on is thirsty, but they just seem to break out the water bottle and take a swig. You no, know, every time they give up a goal, it just seems to be like part of everybody's psyche now. Yeah. To me, it's because they don't want to show their face. So they put like a water bottle in front of it. Maybe. That that's always been my take. Okay, uh, could be sort of thing, but uh, yeah, and uh, you know, Pelly Lindbergh was the innovator of having the water bottle at the net, right? Yeah, 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 because they used to have it on the bench, and that mm -hmm. and got yes, yes, yep. And he had something where he got dehydrated really easily, so he just yes kept the the water bottle on top of the net, and that was set a trend for goalies in the NHL after that. But, you know, we don't see, and they even put this in uh, in the NHL series after a while, we don't see the goals that sort of hit the water bottle anymore and make it, and make it flip. That used to happen a lot. It doesn't seem to happen much anymore. No, I think they changed, like, where they put the water bottle now because That's of the why. camera equipment in the net. Okay. That must be uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. But I uh, hope you uh, – all out there have good luck this friday the 13th yeah don't walk under a ladder don't do it yeah watch out for black cats and and all of that don't good step stuff. on a crack and break your mother's back all of that yes uh i hope you hope you all have a really good weekend we'll be back again on monday we're going to recap the rematch against the washington capitals there's a day game against the bruins on monday that we're going to preview and we'll have our nemesis of the week 
As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen today. For your next listen, check out Locked On NHL Prospects, covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft. It's available wherever you get your podcasts.